the teaching ministry of Judah Olorimai, a man called of God to compel consecration, provoke repentance, and inspire worship by the preaching and teaching of God's word and the miraculous demonstration of God's power. God's word is about to hit you as light and strength. Get ready for an encounter with grace. Here is a friend of Job giving him some counsel in his difficult trying times. Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. And then he goes on to say, Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thy heart. Receive, I pray thee, or I beg thee, or I beseech thee, the law from his mouth, and lay up his words in your heart. I want to teach on the subject titled, Open to Receive. Everybody say, I am open to receive. Say louder, I am open to receive. Father, we thank you for the generosity of your grace. And as we have declared, we are open. Thank you for the outpouring that we are about to experience. The outpouring of healings. The outpouring of success, of greatness, of good things. We bless you, O God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Open to receive. The phrase that has been declared the word of the year in our church is open doors. And when many people hear that phrase, open doors, they think about external realities. They think about doors that they will enter into. Doors of wealth. Doors to the nations. Doors of treasures. They think about a door as something that is external that they will walk into or walk through. And that is a very correct perspective. But as a believer, every time you hear the phrase open doors, I would like you to first of all think about yourself, think about your life, think about your own door, your life as a door. Not an external reality that you will enter into, but something that is already within you. That's how I want you to think about it. The first time that word is mentioned in scripture, as it were, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7, God was speaking to Cain. He says, if you do well, of course, I'll be pleased with you. I will receive you. But if 
you don't do well. It says sin lies at the door. Now in the King James it says sin lies at the door. But if you read the NIV, it says sin lies at your door. So your life is actually a space and there are doors that lead to your life. When we say open doors, the first thing your mind should think about is not just an external reality. Think about your own life. What is the door of my life? And is it open or closed? Depending on what you want to let in or let out. Look at this in Psalm 141 and verse 3. I like the way the psalmist mentioned this prayer. Set the watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Your lips is not just for eating a bar. It's a door. And even if you are eating a bar, it's still a door. Amen. Or how would the ever enter? It's through the door of the mouth. But this man says, Say the word, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. The other version says, Help me to guard my mouth so that I will not say something wrong. You see that? Your mouth can be a closed door or an open door depending on what you want to do with it. He says, Guard my lips. Take control of what I say. This sound is not working for us. I can just use the irregular mic if we are not making progress in that direction. Hallelujah. Let me just stay here. Some people have let in good things because of what they said. Some people have let out good things because of what they said. Your mouth is a door. Say this up to me, I am open to receive. Now for some people, when they said that phrase, they just think they are just talking. It's a door. It's a door. Your speaking opens or closes. How many of you have met people that you don't like because of how they talk? So because of how they talk, you don't relate with them. Is that not so? Now, the person may be beautiful, may be rich, but every time they open their mouth to talk, you don't like it. So you no longer get close to them. Some people have invited good things into their lives. Because of how they speak. Some will have invited, invited bad things into their lives because of how they speak. So your mouth is a door into your life. When we say open doors, stop thinking about doors into realities first. Think about doors into your own life. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Amazing scripture here. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. It means that God will not force himself. A man has to open up. God will not budge him. You can say God is like a gentleman. He will knock. He will not break through the door. 
I say, I must enter. Am I not the creator? I'm, no, 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 no. If God does that, everybody will be saved. Are you listening to me? Nobody will go to hell. He will stand as a gentleman and knock. And then if anyone hears his voice and opens the door, the door of your life, God is sovereign, God is almighty, but yet he still stands and knocks. He won't badge his way through. He's a gentleman. If you want to open, you open. If you want to keep him standing, well, that's your choice. But you have a door and you are with the keys of that door. You determine if it's open or if it's closed. It's your choice. So, God cannot force his blessings on us. God cannot force his favor on us. God cannot force his goodness on us. He will stand, he will knock, and he expects you to open. The question here is, are you open to God? Is the door of your life open to God? Or is God still knocking? For some of you, God has been knocking for the past two years. He's been knocking. He's been knocking. He says, I brought goodies. I brought great things for you. But I cannot force my way in. I'm knocking. I'm knocking. I'm knocking. If you do not open, he will not come in. So, I'm teaching on open to receive. And one of the reasons I'm teaching on this is because if we don't learn how to be open to God, we will waste the generosity of God. When God comes, he does not come empty-handed. I grew up in a house where we usually examined the kind of people that came in. If you are calling yourself an uncle and you came without 50 naira, 20 naira, abaluma, sweets, biscuits, you didn't come, you just brought yourself. We may never welcome you again next time you come. That does not mean we will not open the door, but we will just say, well done, sir, and we will go and sit down. Because we have noticed that you are not useful. Hello. You know, these days when we say to people, welcome, what did you bring? They say, Alafia. Say, now Alafia will go chop. As kids, we wanted you to come in with something. How many of you were like me when you were going? Okay, because some of you are looking at me like, this guy is a bad guy. You. <laughs> When God stands at the door and knocks, He is not coming empty-handed. He is coming with wealth of treasures, riches, dominion, power, healing, grace. God is too generous to come to your life empty-handed. Luke chapter 11, from verse 11. He says, if you, in your natural state... If your son asks you for bread, will you give stone? Please answer the question for me. Some of you may not be able to relate. You don't have a child yet. But let's say your friend, not your son or your daughter. If your friend asks you for fish, will you give him a snake? Because some of you are still not sure. Let me ask the question again. And please take note of the people beside you. As the answer. No, it's true. Because some people are just They are not sure of anything I will ask the question again If you, in your natural state If your friend asks you for fish Will you give him snake? Okay Okay, I have got my confirmation 
Some people are still not sure. Shabbat. Note them. Note them. Imagine opening a birthday gift and when you open it, it's a snake. <laughs> you know that you can, you, you can, you can arrest the person that sent the gift. Nah, you want to kill me? <laughs> I'm going to be serious. You like snakes. I'm going to be. Now God created them. Now God created them. Okay. Some people like snakes. Okay. But the fact that Jesus used this example shows that uh, snake is not something to give. Hello? The fact that Jesus used, you know, he says bread and then he says stone. So he says a positive and a negative. Is that not so? So he now says fish, which is positive, and then he says serpent, which is negative. Is that not so? So next statement, verse 12. Verse 12, please. If you ask, or if your friend asks for an egg, so that's positive, will you offer him a scorpion? That's negative. So, scorpion, stone, and snake, same anymore. Are we clear on that? Now, but Jesus was driving home a point here. He was trying to emphasize the generosity of God. So he says in verse 13, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? So if you being evil, the word evil here is in your natural state, know how to give good gifts unto your children, like in our context, unto your friends, unto your neighbors, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, which is also representative of every good thing. Everybody say every good thing. To them that ask him. You know, one of the reasons I did not speak in tongues for several um, months after hands were laid on me was because I had not read this verse of scripture. So, there was an altar call and I was asked to come out and hands were laid on me. And the person who laid hands on me encouraged me to pray in tongues. I mustered a few phrases, but I was not too convinced. So I went back home. Lamenting and crying, oh God, am I a sinner? Look at Sister Bingbe speaking in tongues. Look at Brother Tunde blasting in tongues. Me, I'm still here. And then one of the dealings I had was this verse of scripture. Because my problem was that I was afraid that if I speak in tongues on my own, I will be speaking jargons and rubbish. How many of you had that fear before? And then this ministered to me that. What did you ask for? If you ask for jargons, you may get jargons. Is that not so? But if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you don't get jargons. You get the Holy Spirit. You get what you ask for. You ask for bread, you don't get stone. You ask for fish, you don't get snake. You ask for egg, you don't get scorpion. If you ask for Holy Spirit, you don't get evil spirit. Is that possible? It's not, I say it's not possible. You cannot ask for tongues and receive blasphemy. It's not possible. If you in your natural state know how to give good things to your children, how much more your heavenly father? This was my deliverance. But, ah, I didn't ask for blasphemy. I didn't ask for evil spirits. So why am I afraid of receiving evil spirits? And I began to pray in tongues. That was the year 2017. No. 2007 rather till date I did not have a second altar call nobody laid his hands on me again I just from there I began to speak in tongues 
James chapter 1 and verse 5. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men. Everybody say all men. So God gives. Once you see something that God has given to somebody, he can give to you too. The principle is that God gives to all men. God is not partial in giving. And then he gives in a particular way. He gives liberally, which means generously, and upbraided not, which means he does not scold people because they ask. How many of you have called your father and asked for something and he said, No, leave it, Janet, go off! Anybody like that? Oh, your father is Dangote. Okay. Well done. <laughs> I've asked my parents things and maybe they did not outrightly reject it, but they could not give me and they scolded me for my covetousness. They would say, What do you think I can do? You two get long throat, you this boy. I remember one day I was on the road and walking and I saw some flashy toy cars. This one had some siren and some police vehicles, toys. I was very excited. I, said, I looked at my mom and I said that I wanted to get it, that she should just give me the car. <laughs> so, my mother looked at me like this. So, I was like, okay, don't you understand what I'm saying? I said, I like this car that I want you to buy it for me. If I asked for too much, I felt that my mother could afford it. And then, my mother started crying. Who beat you now, mommy? I said that I want this, this car. I want it. You are crying. I don't understand. So what did I do? <laughs> you know, it was after five years that I understood that my mother did not have the money. That's why she was crying. I didn't understand. She was crying. And she walked me. And she didn't talk to me. She was just crying. But our heavenly father no be like that in case. There's nothing you ask for that is beyond his reach. That is beyond his capacity. You cannot ask God and God will be frustrated and say, ah, ah, this kind of big thing where they ask. He upbraided not. He does not scold you for asking. No. He doesn't. Are you listening to me? So God is generous. He's lavish. He gives. He's a giver. But if we don't learn how to open up our lives, we will not be able to receive from him. John chapter 4 and verse 10. A woman was in front of Jesus. They were on the same spot. A well. And then Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God, and he who stands before you and asks for water, you would have asked of him the water of life. It is possible to be close to God and not get anything from God. Yeah. I mean, was this our situation? Jesus is in you. Jesus is for you. Jesus is by you. And you are just, you are, you are even talking with Jesus. But you don't know how to open your life. This woman was in the presence of a creator. <laughs> she was arguing about water. <laughs> she was saying, where will you see fetch water to fetch water? Now, person will make the water nine, they follow Toko. She did not know. Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God and the person that is talking with you, you go open up your life to receive what I'm offering. But she didn't know. He didn't know how to open. Many religious folks are around church attending conferences. 
There are many places that are seemingly spiritual places that suggest they are close to God, but, but they don't know how to open their lives. The first contact the woman with the issue of blood had with Jesus, she received healing. The first contact. There were many people around Jesus who probably wished they were healed. They didn't know how to open their lives. They didn't know. They didn't understand the principle. This woman touched him once. Everybody say once. Once. She knew how to open up. You can't be around Jesus. In that day she was healed. Jesus says, who touched me? And the apostles felt like that was not a wise question. Because can't you see many people around you? Why would you be asking who touched you? So many people were touching Jesus who were not open to Jesus. You can touch Jesus and still not be open to him. Are you listening to me? Have you figured out that Jesus was killed by a soldier? Soldiers held him, drove nails to his palms, killed him. They touched their maker and they were not open. Not, nothing about their lives would transform, nothing. Some of them didn't even get saved. Maybe later when they heard about the resurrection because they know that they killed him. You can be close and not be open. Are you listening to me here? So you must learn this subject of how to be open to receive from God. Okay. In being open, a vital lesson that you must learn is how God gives. How does God give? God is generous, God is a giver. But how does he give? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says that the natural man, that means the man that is not saved, cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. And it tells us why. It says because they are foolishness unto him. And so it means that in receiving the things of God, the things of God must be wisdom unto you. In other words, you must be familiar with the way God gives you must be wise enough to know this is how God gives. Are you still with me this morning? He says he cannot know them because they are spiritually discerned. So there is a subject lesson here that you must understand. If God wants to give you a car, a car is a tangible thing that you can drive physically, but you must know how he will give you. Will God drop a car from heaven? That's not how God does it. So, you must understand how does God give? If God wants to give a man eternal life, how does he give him eternal life? If God wants to give a man redemption, healing, how does God give it? What is the method that God employs to give? That's something you must not misunderstand. Because this is why the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. They are foolishness to him. And you are not a natural man. Say this after me. I am not a natural man. Okay, the only way this applies to you is if you are not born again. If you are not born again, you are a natural man. You have been born only once. To your father and mother. So the man that is born again is a supernatural man. He has been born twice. But it is possible to be a supernatural man and still struggle to receive from God because you have not mastered how God gives. 
How does God give? It's a big question you have to answer and you have to learn. Otherwise, you will not be open to receive. The woman with the issue of blood knew how to receive. She had wisdom because she said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. That was very wise of her. That was supernatural wisdom. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And it happened to her according to her thoughts and according to her words. So you must learn how to receive. But it first of all begins from learning how God gives. So let's see a few places where God gave. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Will it be correct if I say that God gave man dominion? Come on, talk to me. Will it be correct if I say God gave man dominion? How did God give man dominion? He said, that's all. Do you get it? That's all. He he said, and God blessed them, and God said, that was the giving. What it means is that, even in giving tangible things, the way God gives it is without tangibility. Yeah. How does God give eternal life? It is not in a tangible way that you can relate to, to your, in your natural senses or with your physical senses. How does God give healing? It's not in a natural way that you can relate with, with your natural senses. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power. Everybody say he gave them power. How did he give them power? <laughs> An authority over all devils to cure diseases. How did Jesus make his apostles doctors? How did he give them power over diseases? He said, Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon. Now, as he said it, he was giving them that's it. So it's not in a tangible way. It's not in a tangible way. Now, that's why it is foolishness to the unbeliever. Somebody says, okay, if you believe that Jesus died and that he rose from the dead and that his death is the price for your sins and you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, you would not go to hell. And the person is like, how does that add up? How does me believing in somebody's death and resurrection save me from Satan? It doesn't add up. But that's how God gives. It's usually not in a tangible way. But when it is received, there will be tangible proofs that you have received something from God. The woman with the issue of blood, she felt in her body that the fountain of the blood dried. But all the activities seemed foolish. You touch the hem of his garment, not even his body, you touch his garment. How does that add up? But that was the wisdom she operated by. That was able to help her to receive the healing that she sought. 
Are you still listening to me? John 20 verse 22. Concerning the indwelling spirit, this is how the apostles received it. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So how did they receive the Holy Ghost? Jesus said. He said, he said receive. That's how they received this was the closest thing to an impartation that was recorded between Jesus and the apostles. He breathed upon them. Now, a breath is more intangible than tangible. You can't see a breath. Is that not so? You may feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. But it's not visible. And that this is how Jesus impacted the Holy Spirit. That's it. Oh. He says, receive the Holy Ghost. That's all. That's all. Sometimes people came to him sick. And he says, be it unto you according to your faith. That's, all. That's how he gave them eyes. Gave them legs. Gave them arms. He said. So the principle is that God gives fundamentally, spiritually. What that means is that what he gives has to be received spiritually before it becomes evident tangibly. Do you understand that now? Okay. If that is clear, I think I can progress now in this conversation. So, open to receive. I want to mention four things here that will keep your life open to receiving from God. Remember, all of this is linked to the thing that I've mentioned in the last five, ten minutes. God gives spiritually, you receive spiritually, and then it now translates into a tangible physical evident gift every gift of god is given like that every gift of god every gift of god if you reject it spiritually you would never see it physically are you listening to me if you do not appreciate it spiritually that is without your natural senses you will never be able to see it eventually physically if you are waiting till you get to heaven before you accept that you are saved, you will never be able to receive salvation. You will have to accept you are saved because something has happened into your heart within you that is not visible to everybody. The color of your skin may not change. In fact, will not change. But you have, you have been transformed inside. Then when you accept that, it begins to reflect outside. It's the same principle on everything. Many of you struggled to receive the Holy Ghost because you were waiting for certain manifestation. I remember as I stood out on that altar, I saw some people rolling on the ground, shouting, Fire! Hey! Ranek! Devil! Stokop! I said, Hey! This one collect original. Me, now fake the one give me. I don't go agree. <laughs> now, some experiences differ, but the principle is the same. Are you listening to me? Some people give their life to Christ crying, they cried blood. Ah, we'll never sin again. Even though they see sin after two days, but they cried. Some of them gave their life to Christ. Just, but something happened to their heart. Are you following me here? Okay. So, how do you stay open? First thing here is that you must have a healthy relationship with God's Word, and this is very crucial because, like we have learned, God gives. By saying, God gives by saying, God gives by saying. 
He gave man dominion because he said man should have dominion. He gave power to the apostles by saying they should have power over sickness and disease and the powers of the enemy. So if you don't have a good and healthy relationship with God's word, you are not going to be open to receive from God. Psalm 119 verse 130. The entrance of your word. Everybody say entrance. Okay, so right now, the word of God is being said. How much entrance are you permitting? The entrance of your word giveth light and understanding. 119, 130. And so it giveth light. This light can also... can also be replaced with health, replaced with abundance, replaced with wealth. How does it come? Entrance of his word. So if the word does not gain entrance, now where is the word entering? Where is the word entering? It's entering your heart, your life. So you open your life to the word and allow for an entrance. Then it will give light, it will give health, it will give wealth, it will give anything that you need. Understanding to the simple. Now what happens if the word does not have an entrance into you? You cannot receive light. Is that not so? It's as simple as that. So, the word must gain entrance into you. Say this after me, the word will gain entrance into me. If you don't have a vital relationship with the word of God, you will not be open to receive. You will be too closed. Rejecting the gifts of God is as simple as rejecting the word of God. Let's use salvation as an example. If somebody wants to get saved, he wants to receive eternal life, which is the greatest gift in the universe. He has to hear the word of God faith or the word of his grace or the gospel when he hears the word and the word has entrance into him then that word will give salvation are you listening to me if you want to receive anything from God what you need to do is to check what God has said about that thing and then begin to open your life and give your life or give that word entrance into your life. If you want to receive healing, you hear God's word about healing and give it entrance to your life. If you reject the word of God concerning healing, God will not be able to heal you. He has the power to heal, but this power is in his word. So if you reject the word, you have rejected God. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So you may not be able to relate with God directly. But by the word you can relate with God. If you accept the word, you accept God. If you reject the word, you reject God. Somebody says, no, the only problem is I have is that... When pastor is preaching, I don't, I don't really listen very well. <laughs> Let me tell you that it's a big problem. 
It's a big problem because that is the means by which good things are communicated. The word must have access to your life. I can tell how much a man will receive from God by his relationship with the word. I'm a music concert Christian. I'm a drama nice Christian. In fact, I'm a prayer Christian. But I'm not, I don't really like Bible talk and preaching. You will struggle. You struggle. Because that is the fundamental way God gives things. He says. He says. So, you must, you see, God's word is too important to make it secondary. Too important to think that you can do without it and that you'll be fine without it. Because that's how everything will be given. His word. His word. Are you following me? It is not just a coincidence that a bulk of a Christian service is supposed to be preaching. A bulk of it. What we do in praise worship is that we offer God praise. Now this is where we receive from God in preaching, in teaching. Now the problem with many of you is that when you are offering God praise, you are active. When it's time to receive what God offers, you are off. But you say, I came to church. Yes, you came to church, but you were not open to receive. Are, are you following me? I'm close to God, oh true. If I can imagine the apostles close to God, close to Jesus. But every time Jesus is teaching, they have no interest. They are not listening. They are not. But when he's doing miracles, they are looking at Ah! Shano Jesu! <laughs> now, after three and a half years, what you, what you will discover is that they have not received anything. They gave their life, but they did not receive anything. <laughs> because how they are supposed to receive is by the word. By the word. So in that day, when Jesus said, I give unto you power. If they were not listening, if they were not paying attention, they won't receive power. They won't. They won't. Are you following me this morning? Your relationship with the word of God opens you up to God. Don't be closed to God. When God is speaking, pay attention. Open your ears, open your hearts, open your eyes. When he says, have dominion, it's not just a saying, it's a giving. See his word as the gift. The gift. When he says, be healed, he's giving health. That's when he's giving health. If he says, be blessed, that's when he's giving blessing. If he says, be rich, that's when he gave you riches. If you are waiting for money physically, (laughs) no, you don't understand. Are you following me this morning? How do you relate with God's word? That's how to be open. That's how to be open. The, the time you are supposed to be most sensitive in church is when the word is being taught. That's supposed to be your peak hour of sensitivity. That's when God will give you something. Many people don't know this. Reverend <laughs> John was sharing the testimony of, I think it was Holy Ghost Congress, Pastor Adibuye, and they were singing and praising and praying. And many people were all. all Active is that the way he said it? I'm not too sure. Not too sure that's the way he said it. I will not lie, so let me be sure. <laughs> but basically, he said it in a tone that suggested that some Christians 
switch off until it is time for prayer. And they will now wake everybody. Pastor David is now saying, My daddy said there are five people here. What do you think Pastor David has been doing all the while when he was talking? You think he, he was just pouring saliva on the mic? That's how many Christians think, honestly. Preaching is going on at Tibere. As in load at Tibere. What is that for? Prophetic decree. I declare the grace of Tibere. 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 No, my brother, you cannot, you can't amount anything in God like that. Many Christians, especially in Nigeria, this is how they live. You hardly see people hear teachings and so much. You hardly. What? Prophetic decree. You see them. They will stand up and. But you see, your attitude shows when God is talking, not when God is shouting. Are you following me? If you spring up when God is shouting, and shouting in this context means declare and decree. But when God is teaching, you are not listening. No. Open, 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 open. Don't be closed. He says, every time he wants to give, he says, he says, are you listening to me? Let me mention three things here that will help your relationship with God's word. These are simple, basic things, but this is how people received from God. Believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. And, um, first application when you read your Bible, consider everything said to be true. To be true. Some of you have developed a default unbelief mindset such that you doubt the very scripture. And that's not healthy. Because as long as you are close to the Bible, you are close to God. As long as your life is close to the Bible. Some of you don't believe Bible stories. You don't. Twitter has told you that Bible story is a lie. The Red Sea was a tsunami. It was a pattern of a tsunami. It was not a miracle. You know, manna was not from heaven. It was some animals that came to drop it. You know, science and technology has claimed that some things do not exist and it's not possible. I remember somebody tweeting and saying that Bible is a lie. Um, if all the animals were killed in Noah's generation, how come they still had fish? Why did fish survive? <laughs> so somebody showed him that. Nah, you, you suppose get sense now. Maybe, maybe you say you know. Maybe you say you be okay. You get sense. And check out. Read what read what the Bible talk now. He said that the animals that were brought into the ark were only land animals. Land animals. The aquatic animals remained in the water because it was a flood. So they stayed there, they survived. It's, it's not difficult, but you are close. When you are close, you'll be blind. Something so obvious, you can't see it. Are you listening to me? You know, one of my sisters was sharing. One, one, one man went to a mall and he wore on his shirt, Jesus saves. And the security man said, You should leave the mall. Why? He said, what, is, what he wore is offensive. 
Jesus saves. That's all he wants. So it's offensive that his customers will not come to the market again if they see that. You know, she wrote as a writer to the video that these people claim that God doesn't exist and they are angry at someone that doesn't exist. You say, you say there is no God. Then if I wear a shirt and say Jesus saves, you are angry. How can you be angry at something that does not exist? You are just closed. So believe the Bible. Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. Now this um, is a description of how Jesus entered into Mary. So Jesus needed a place to land. <laughs> he was looking for a place to enter. And then the angel told Mary how the power of the Holy Ghost would overshadow her. This is in verse 35 and 36. And this was Mary's response. Look at these statements closely. Behold the handmaid or the female servant of the Lord. That's the word handmaid. Be it unto me according to thy word. Read the next phrase together. You know why the angel departed from her? Now, the moment Mary said, Be it unto me according to your word, that was when the word entered. So the angel left. Are you following me? And um, our cousin, is it our cousin now? Was 45. We entreated this point. Was 45. And blessed is she that believed. So the moment she believed was when she said, Be it unto me according to your word, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. It's, it's in my mind that <laughs> it was possible that. The angel will still be arguing with Mary that I know you are a virgin, but the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. And she say, Ah, ah what are you saying? Doesn't make any meaning. Does not add up. And the angel will still be trying to convince her because Jesus has not found a resting place. Are you listening to me? Yeah. The word of God seems hovering over lives. As I'm preaching, hovering over people, waiting for a place to land. How will the word land once it is believed? It enters the entrance of your word. It means that the word of God that is not believed never finds entrance. That's why unbelievers go to hellfire. The word of God is preached. They reject it because they don't believe it. Sounds too good to be true that God will forgive all my sins just because I believe in Jesus. So they reject it. The word does not find entrance. Are you still with me? So believe the word. Second thing I want to say here is obey the word. Healthy relationship with God. Healthy relationship with His word. Staying open to receive. Obey God's word. In the ministry of Jesus, one of the simple things that Jesus did to give health to people is that He spoke instructions to them. Luke chapter 5. For instance, he wanted to give Peter fish. How did he give Peter fish? He gave an instruction. Are you still with me? Jesus wanted to give Peter fish, but how did Jesus give Peter fish? He said to him, Let down your net. That was how he gave Peter fish. 
He gave an instruction. And in obeying the instruction, Peter opened his life to receive the fishes. Do you understand this now? Look at this healing account. In, um, this should be Matthew chapter 12. And verse 13. Now this man's hand was withered. And this could mean several things. It could mean that he had some form of limb disease like polio. It could be that he was leprous and the leprosy had eaten up some part of his arms. It could mean he was amputated in his hand. So, but Jesus wanted to give him hand. How did Jesus give him hand? Watch this scenario. Then said he to the man, stretch forth your hand. And it was rather, and he stretched it forth and it was restored whole like the other. So, what is in my mind is that one hand was longer than the other. One hand was shorter than the other. Basically, they were not equal hands. Do you understand this here? And then, the hand that Jesus asked him to stretch was the one that was sick. The one that was broken. Jesus said, stretch it. He gave an instruction. As soon as the man opened, his life, as soon as the man obeyed, his life was opened to receive a new hand from Jesus. So this is how Jesus gave hands. This is how he gave eyes. This is how he gave ears. He gave them an instruction. So obeying God's word opens you up to the goodness of God. Disobeying God's word closes you up to the goodness of God. Is that taken? Alright, one more thing here. Speak the word. Christianity involves a lot of speaking. Speaking. How does a man receive salvation? How does God give a man salvation? If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So speaking. Speaking. What speaking does is that it takes side with the word of God. It agrees with God's word. If your mouth is closed, or if your mouth is saying something that God does not agree with, you have closed up your life to God. Anytime you say something that is contrary to God's word, what happens is that your life is closed to the blessings of God. So you must be careful how you speak. Look at this scripture. Psalm 91 Popular scripture, is that not so? He that dwells In the secret place of the Most High Shall abide under the shadow Of the Almighty Is that not a wonderful promise? But look at what it says in the next verse I will say Of the Lord You see The reality of All the protection promises In this chapter Is founded on what a man says I would say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. So all the, all the blessings of abiding in the secret place, dwelling under the shadow, will not be activated if you are not saying of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Is that clear? 
what you say of the Lord will determine whether you open your life to Him or you close your life to Him. I will say of the Lord. What are you saying of the Lord? It's not saying I would say to the Lord. So it was not in prayers. This is confession. I would say of the Lord. What are you saying of the Lord? Some of you, what you are saying of the Lord is not fair. If unbelievers hear what you are saying of the Lord, they will never become saved. I don't know, God. I, I, don't, I don't know for him. I don't know. It is worse, huh? God. Now, when people hear you talk like that about God, what is happening is that you are disagreeing with God's word about God. And you are closing up your life to God. Be very affirmative and emphatic in what you are saying of the Lord. Don't say what is wrong of the Lord. Irrespective of contrary situations and negative experiences. I would say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. That's what I would say. Satan is tempting you to say of the Lord, He is not reliable, oh. we don't know what He will do today. Oh. He may not take care of you. He may not show up for you. Don't say it. Don't say it. If you say something contrary, you close the door of your life. You close the door. Open up your life by saying what God has said. By saying what the word is saying. Are we still together? Hebrews chapter 13. I like how it is documented here. And verse 5 and 6. Let your conversation, as is your words, be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have. For he had said, For God has said, I will never leave thee. What did God say? Verse 6. So that. Now, pause. Pause. Why did God say, We never leave us for seconds? I don't know. In the context of this, go back to verse 5. I will. He has said, Now, listen. God does not need to say for himself. Hello? Even if he does not say it, he will never leave you or forsake you. Do you know why he says it? Verse 6. What's the first statement in verse 6? So why did God say? Simple as that. God didn't just say for himself. He said so that you too can say. If you don't hear him saying it, you can't say Hello. So he says not just for himself, but so that you too can say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. So your response to the word of God should not just be to obey it, to believe it, but also to say it. Have you ever thought about Ezekiel in the valley of the dry bones? Remember the story, Ezekiel and the Valley well of the Dry Bones? <laughs> now, uh, the story is that Ezekiel saw the dry bones and that God asked him, Can these dry bones live again? And Ezekiel was playing safe. He said, Lord, thou knowest. Now you, Sabi. And then God said, Okay, 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 okay. Uh, let's do an experiment. God, this is Ezekiel 37. God gave Ezekiel what to say. Now, how did God give Ezekiel what to say? Come on, talk to me now. How did God give Ezekiel what to say? 
He spoke it. Ah. Could the dry bones hear God directly? <laughs> so we are not sure. Ah. If the dry bones could hear Ezekiel, they could have been able to hear God now. Ah. Why didn't God say directly to the dry bones? That's not his pattern. So he told Ezekiel, this is what you will see. Then the dry bones will hear it from your mouth. Are you listening to me? God can talk to your situation directly, but that's not his pattern. He will tell you what to say. Now you go call him. That's his pattern. Ah, when Jesus stood before Lazarus, God could have spoken to Lazarus directly. Jesus himself said, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus didn't say, God, help me call Lazarus. Where in there? I know if you get access to Ram. Now you, no. Jesus spoke to Lazarus. Are you listening to me? Speaking business is fundamental in Christianity. If you are not talking, you are not open to God. You are closed. Your talking affirms that you agree with what God has said. I agree. I agree. I'm voting for God in this election. I'm voting for God. Your talking is a vote. So you say, say this after me, it's my year of open doors. I agree with God's word. I have many opportunities into good things. I have an entrance into greatness. So you say, you say, last year or so, I think I was teaching you how to say this. My life is open to the goodness of God. My life is open to the goodness of the Spirit. You, by your saying, you open. I was sitting there also, I think, yesterday in prayers. Words can determine if a place is open or closed. This curtain on my right hand, is it open or closed? It's closed. <laughs> now listen to me. If I begin to say, I eat $2,000 under this curtain. I have kept $2,000 under that curtain. It's a matter of time. The curtain will open. You will open it. You may wait for service to end. Or some of you may not wait. Say, let's, let's not do that. We like money too much. Okay, okay, okay. Umbo, okay, okay. I like, so I like that radical fit. Say, as the service is going, I'm going to go and tear the veil and collect my portion. Now, what happened that something that was closed before, now eventually was open, was that I was saying something. Are you following me? I was saying something. <laughs> you wake up every morning and you say, The Lord is my portion in the land of the living. The Lord is my shepherd. As, I know. as you say, you open. As you say, you open. That's how it works. That's how it works. By your saying of God's word, you open your life to the generosity of heaven. If the heavens are opened, if the hands of God are open, and your mouth is not open, or your mouth is open in the negative, your life remains closed. That prophet Elisha came on the board and said, By this time tomorrow, the bag of rice will be sold for 2,516 naira. And a man opened his mouth. Wow! I said, even if God opened the windows of heaven, how can it be that from 33.5 to 2.5 and his life was closed? Boom! He closed it. Boom! 
I see what you did there. You go see him with your eye, but you no go touch him. He no go enter you because of what he said. Are you listening to me? A man can close his life to heaven by refusing to say Jesus is Lord. Just say it. Just acknowledge. No, no, no. no. Jesus is not my Lord. He closes his entire future and eternity to heaven. No matter how wide open heaven is, his whole life is closed. What you say? What you say opens your life. Don't open your life to demons by many of the popular phrases and cliches flying about the music industry. Uh, be careful how you speak, my brother. Don't be everything where you hear, now you go talk. Oh, oh, oh. Be careful how you speak. Your words open. Your words can close. They can open your life to certain influences. How did I open my life to my wife such that the two became one flesh? I made a vow. With this ring, I wed thee. And once I said it, boom! Once I said it, <laughs> in the heavens we became one flesh because of what I said. Are you listening to me? How do we become one spirit with the Lord? According to First Corinthians chapter 6. We say Jesus is Lord. And once you say that, you become one spirit with Him. Once you say that. Take two minutes and say something. Say something. Say something. Say something. Say something. Say something. Say what is written concerning you. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I prosper. I blossom. I flourish like a palm tree. My leaves are evergreen. They never wither. Open doors in every area of my life. The opportunities come looking for me. They come running to me. I will have what I say. I say to this mountain, be moved. And it moves. Say to that addict, be moved. Say to that sickness, be moved. Say to that cancer, be moved. Say something, come on. I will lend to nations. I will not borrow. Bless them. I going out and them are coming in. Blessed is my basket and my store. Blessed is the fruit of my body. Blessed are the labors of my hands. Whatsoever I do shall prosper. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Keep saying, keep saying, keep saying. You shall have whatever you say. You shall have whatever you say. Agree with God's word. That's how to open. That's how to open. That's how to open. I agree. I take that with God. I take that with God. I take that with God. I'm open to receive. The blessings of God that make us rich and ask no sorrow is upon me. Himself took my infirmities by stripes. I am healed. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No weapon fashion against me shall prosper. Every tongue that went against me in judgment, I condemn. No divination against me. No entanglement against mine. Ah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. My children are touched by the Lord, and great is my peace. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm taking side with God. I'm voting for God. I'm opening my life up to God. Oh, glory, 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 glory. 
Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we have said. One of the major, perhaps the most important reasons why you must have a good relationship with God's word is because being familiar with the word of God ensures that you know the correct and accurate things about God. In Job 22 where we read, it says, acquaint themselves, in other words, be familiar with him. And then receive his law, I pray thee, out of his mouth. So acquaintance with God determines if a man is opened or closed to God. And I will explain thoroughly. If somebody sees me for the first time, he doesn't know me, he's never heard about me, and he sees me, he is not likely to open his arms to embrace me. Because I'm a stranger. He's not familiar with me. Is that not so? So in a sense, he's closed. He may not trust me. He may suspect me. He's closed. If I stretch my hands to shake him, he might think I'm a kidnapper. He might be like, can I help you? Do I know you? How many of you have met people like that? Where you want to go and greet them and they're like, Oh, they she first too. Okay, what's the matter? Why are you coming around me? That closure attitude is because they are not familiar with the person. When you're not familiar with God, now you believe lies against God. You believe things that are not true. And it closes you up to God. It's why many people run away from God, run away from church, avoid pastors, because they are not too sure of how God will react to them. The prodigal son came back to his father, but he was not too sure how his father will react. So he said, let me be your servant. And in that sense, he closed up his life to his father. Father to tell him, come on, how can you be my servant? So some people, because of their mistakes, have avoided God. They are not sure who God is. They are not certain what God will do. They are avoiding God because they heard rumors about God. If God catch me, will he go kill me? Make I stay from my house. I don't go go to church. As if God cannot visit in your house. Oh, you, you literally are hiding from God like this. <laughs> they are not sure what God will do. They are not sure the reaction of Jesus. So they... Now, nobody can receive, for instance, healing from Jesus if he was not persuaded and came close to Jesus and opened his life to Jesus. Anybody who looked at Jesus and said, This is Jesus. I'm a sinner. Ah, if he sees me, he will shout at me. He will scold me. They will never be able to receive anything from Jesus, including salvation. Are you listening to me? Some people are not saved because of this thing. They are not sure that God will save them. They say, if you know me, I'm a bado. I'm a grand bado. What do I don't do with this my hand then? Eh? If I tell you, you know, oh, you go kill me. I, I don't think, oh God, I'm too... They, they have heard lies about God. That's what Satan heard concerning God. If you eat this tree, 
you would be like God. God does not want you to eat it so that you will not be like Him. Eat it. Once she ate it, she became afraid of God. She hid from God. She was close to God. You see that? God was always available. He came to visit them, but they were hiding from Him. Why? They had a rumor about God. They had lies about God. Are you listening to me? When a man is not certain of who God will is or has heard wrong things about God, he's closed. He's closed. God may want to do business with him, but he cannot open his life because he has heard rumors. He has heard lies. And so, instead of opening his life, he's not being careful around God. I see many people walking on eggshells around God. God that knows you totally. Hebrews chapter 4. And I think in verse 13. He says, We are naked before him. Naked. What are you hiding from God? How can you hide from God? A mere man. When you know who God is and you believe the right things about God, you, you are more open to him. I'm more open to him. Trying to be careful around God. Trying to, you know, it's not, it's, it, it shows that you don't know God. When you are around God, it's a time that you, you, should, be, you should be so vulnerable. Like, because, I mean, God knows you. I know you are fine, you are packaged, but God knows you. He knows your ugliness. Okay? So when you are in His presence, Mama, she packaging. Unnecessary, unnecessary. Mama, she packaging. Open. Some people cannot even worship. Because their blazer is, was imported from, from Libya. And they can't worship. I'll be here lifting hands. What are you doing? You don't know God. When you, are, when you know God, you'll be... You see, that woman, when she came with alabaster box, she was so reckless in her worship. Even the air of her head was used to scrub his feet. Reckless. Because he knows me. He knows the worst of me and he still loves me. Why go they form for that kind of person? But if you have believed the lie that God is out to punish you, and some of you, this is what you have believed. If God catch you like this, if God catch you, like say you and God, the dwight and sick, if God catch you, Oh, now <laughs> he knows the worst of you, he still loves you. His intention is to nurture you, to cater for you, to bless you, not to hurt you, not to harm you. So be open, stop being careful around God. Yeah. Are you still with me? Let's progress here. That was just point number one. That was explaining your relationship with God's word. Number two here, if you're going to keep your life open to God, make God the focus of your life. You are as open as your focus. You are as open as your focus. Make God the focus of your life. The distractions in our generation is the plague that has kept us closed. Closed. Sometimes it is good things that distract us. Sometimes it is challenges, trials, 
bad times, difficulties. But God must remain your focus if you are going to receive from Him. Many of the miracles that Jesus did, one of the first things He did was first to achieve focus. If they were not focused on Him, He was not going to be able to give them help. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 30. Let's see this example. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside when they heard, everybody say they heard. They heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Verse 31. And the multitude rebuked them. So the multitude said, Shut up. Stop crying. Stop shouting. Hold your peace. But the Bible says they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Verse 32. Jesus stood still. Everybody say, Jesus stood still. Amazing. Amazing. Really amazing. And called them and said, What will that, what will ye that I, should, I shall do unto you? They said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Jesus had compassion on them, touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. And they followed him. Now, so you notice that there was a bringing to focus. Such that even when other people were distracting them and telling them, shut up, hold your peace, don't shout, and disturbing us, they kept shouting. Their shouting was an attempt to narrow their focus. But a better example to use in this context is Acts chapter 3 and verse 4 to 6 thereabouts. Very interesting story. Pay attention here. Pay attention. Who seen Peter and John? Everybody say, seen Peter and John. About to go into the temple, asked for arms. So he begged for money. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. What did Peter say? Narrow your focus. Don't be distracted. I tell you these things severally, as many of you don't know why I'm saying that. Because the degree of your opening is, is proportional to your focus. You know what I say? Pay attention. Pay attention. Don't be distracted. Because if you are not, you are not paying attention, you are not opened. You are not opened. I've ministered the Spirit to people just by telling them to look at me. Just look at me. Just look at me. And the power will come to them. Just, you just look at me. Now you focus. So he said, look on us. <laughs> and he gave heed unto them. So he gave them focus. Expecting to receive. Now, that's where he opened up. One of the things that focus does is that it facilitates expectation. No matter how much God wants to offer, if there is no expectation on your part, you are not open to receive. So, expectation is driven by focus. You focus, you give heat, you expect to receive. We tell you when you come to church, come to church focused. Come to church expecting to receive. That's the way to be open in church. Are you listening to me? We must reclaim the lost culture of being lost in worship. 
Because we are so focused. So focused. We didn't even know when the photographer snapped us. So focused. Our distraction is a plague. And that's why so many church meetings happen. People receive very little. Because it, they, are, they don't understand that if they are not focused, they are not open. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. Verse 6. Peter then said, See what good have I known? For such as I give, such as I have, such as I have rather, I give thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Everybody say, receive strength. So his journey to receiving strength began with giving heed to Peter. I perceive that if somebody else was passing on that route and the person was stretching five naira to the man and the man looked away from Peter to receive five naira, he would not have been healed. So Peter had to ensure that there was a maximum focus. Look at us! Look at us! And then the man took heed, expecting to receive. That was the opening. Boom! As soon as he expected, that was faith. Expecting to receive. And then the words were said. Silver or gold, we don't have. What we have, we give unto thee. So you must make God the focus of your life. For many of us, God is actually not the focus. God has become a distraction. Listen to me. For many of us, and I'm not saying some, I say many of us. God has become the distraction. Your focus is the movie. Your focus is the money. Your focus is the football. Your focus is the gossip blog. God is now a distraction that interrupts that focus once in a while. How can you receive from God like that? God must be the focus of your heart. You you can be on the streets, walking in the hot sun, and God is still the focus of your heart. You can be troubled and tried, with hard times and God is still the focus of your heart the moment God is no longer the focus and then it's just a mere distraction to your real focus you are closed to God like that are closed and much business cannot happen every now and then I check my heart so what's on my mind what is the focus of my heart I have so many things to attend to but God must remain the focus that's the only way I can receive from him if I'm distracted I cannot receive Look on us. Look on us. And he fastened his eyes on them, expecting to receive. If you don't have a focus on God, your expectation from God will be zero. If your expectation is zero, it means your faith work is weak. If your faith work is weak, the grace of God will never find a place to find expression in your life. Look on us. That's a, that's, a, that's a mighty phrase. Look on us. Look on us. Sometimes the pain of life is so loud, but still look on him. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of it. Look on us. Look on us. If you keep the focus on your pain, you will keep receiving from the pain. Are you listening to me? 
By the time you shift your gaze to Jesus, you can now receive from Jesus. The sun was illustrated in the Old Covenant when the brazen serpent was raised up as a type and shadow of Jesus. And people were beaten by snakes. Moses said, whoever looks at the serpents, at the brazen serpents, will be healed. Just look. Just look. Now, if you don't look with focus, you will not be able to open your soul to receive. Are you still listening to me? When you come to church, if it is three hours you want to dedicate, give it your focus. That's how to open your life to the goodness of God. Give it your focus. I'm focused. I'm focused. I'm focused. I'm paying attention. My mind is here. I am present. My soul is gazing at Jesus. I'm taking heed to the words. I'm paying attention. My spiritual growth, this was how it happened. I did not attend any mega conference. I did not have access to many mighty men of God. We just showed up in church and there was no phone to distract us. There was just focus. Just focus. And we began to grow steadily, steadily, steadily until we became giants in the spirit. Just focus. Too much is lost when there are several distractions. Too much. So the things of the spirit cannot be lambanoed in a destructive atmosphere. Cannot be. It's too sensitive. It's too fragile. It's too volatile. It takes a magnetic soul to trap it. It takes somebody who's giving his entire attention to it. Focus. Look on us. If your life is not open, you waste the supplies. You waste the generosities. Are we still together here? Focus is also an expression of hunger and interest. Let me use classic examples to illustrate this. Interest and hunger affirms or expresses focus. If a football match is happening on the screen, a lady, I've watched a football match with, some, with a lady before, and there were 22 men visible from a distance. A few other interesting things like the ball, the goalpost. What the lady saw was a goat, an electronic goat on the screen that was used for adverts. Perez too does that sometimes. Perez looking at the screen and then he will suddenly go to the screen and be touching a glow sign, Globacom, if they are advertising in the football match. That's his own interest. Although his eyes are open to the entire screen, what he's interested in is that Globacom. So you're going to touch this. Are you still listening? So, you may be seemingly open to God, but if you don't have interest in God and godliness, you are closed. When I say you may be seemingly open, it means you may do things that come to church, you may do religious activities, you may pray, you may read the Bible, but if you don't have interest, interest determines entrance. Are you listening to me? I know how much a man will receive from God if I ask him a few questions. For instance, okay, somebody claims to be a lover of books. You love books, okay, good. How many books on Christianity have you read? How many gospel books? How many? Someone books, teaching books, have you read? 
this year? If the answer is scanty, but concerning other books, he has read so much, then he has no interest, so he cannot receive much. If I want to things that reading will do is to open your soul. Read about God. Sometimes I just speak books that talk about miracle stories and I don't be reading, just be reading them. Be reading them. That's my interest. Books that talk about the healing works of Jesus in our present generation, just be reading them. Testimonies of revival, just be reading My soul is opening, opening, opening. If I show no interest in the things of God, it will be difficult to receive from God. Interest determines entrance. Interest is an affirmation of hunger. When you are too full, even if your mouth is open, you will vomit what is stuffed into your mouth. Why? Because you are closed. Really, you are closed because you are not hungry for it. Are you getting me this morning? You must keep your hunger, keep your interest. God must be the focus of your life. If you pursue money, pursue wealth, pursue success, fame, and then God is relegated, it will be difficult to receive from God because you are closed. You are closed, so closed. Take interest this year. Take interest in the things of God. You, some of you cannot even hear one sermon. Twenty MB. But you go use YouTube data, watch comedy. You have no. And do, do you? And you, you not say, "Oh God, give me. Oh God, show me. Oh God, I want to marry. Tell me, is it Sunday or is it Tundre? Give me an answer. Give me a word. Are you? Do, are you joking? You also have no interest in the things of God. God does not excite you. No. But you want to receive from Him. <laughs> what are you saying? When you show no interest, you close up. You are closed. You are closed for business. No interest means no opening, no transaction. You are closed. Show interest. Take interest in the things of God. Go to the bookstore. Look for books of God. Buy. Go to free downloading sites. Look for books of God. Download. No, the only comedy football you could download. You want to receive from God? Take interest in the things of God. Show interest in God. Are you listening to me? He, receiving from God is, is very easy. People just don't know how to open. You cannot receive from someone you don't have interest in. You can't receive from Rema Chapel if you have no interest in this church. You can't receive. You can, you can come, you can become no, but if there's no interest, if what we do here does not excite you, you can't receive. Even if God comes physically, you will say, I saw Satan, I didn't see God. If God shows up here physically, because you have no interest in what we are doing here, you drag yourself to come to church. They will force you to come to church. When you come, you still live early. How can you receive without kind of attitude? When you come, you don't pay attention. It's as if they are forcing you to be here. Jesus is a gentleman. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's not going to budge in on you. He's not going to force himself on you. The Holy Ghost will not budge in on you. No. He knocks. He knocks. If any man opens, I will come in. I will suck with him. Are you getting me this morning? Number three, I think. If you are going to open your life to God, be dependent on God and surrender to God. Be dependent on God 
and surrender to God. Let me talk about surrendering. That woman was arguing with Jesus. Where will you see water? Say, be you are a Jew. We, we are Samaritans. We are not supposed to be talking. <laughs> Jesus, as if you know the gift of God. She, was, she did not receive anything from Jesus until she surrendered. What made her surrender? Jesus told her something she, she thought nobody knew. Go and call your husband. I have no husband. Ah, you have spoken well. <laughs> you got his right. You got it right. Even the one you have had five, even the one you are living with is not your husband. She surrendered. She said, What? She ran to the city. Come see a man who told me my entire life. It was at the point of surrender that she began to receive. That was when she opened. Before she was just she was the padlock that she used to close her life was so strong. She could not receive anything from Jesus. She's, when she surrendered, some of you are still arguing with God. Arguing with God. That's why it's difficult to receive. God says, stop this, reduce this, cut out of this. You are still arguing. You are still arguing. God is saying, take this one of your life seriously. Improve on this. You are still arguing. The more you argue, the more you are closed up. Have you noticed in an argument, many times, conversations are lost. If I'm arguing with my wife, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an heated conversation, what she's saying, I will not listen well, because it's an argument. If she's saying, be careful, I'll be hearing, are you mad? I'll be hearing, I don't respect you. I'll be hearing, you are not, you know. But what she said is, be careful. If she doesn't do that, like that, be careful. Ah! Is it me? What she said is, be careful. In an argument, words are lost. Substances are misplaced. Stop arguing with God. Stay still, listen, and obey. Stop arguing with God. Make your heart still. Come to a place where you just say, God, whatever you say I should do, I will do. That's when you hear the voice of God. You cannot hear directions when any... If God, God is just testing microphone, you're already arguing. Ah, see, baby. Yeah, we are just talking. You already agree. God, you say, hmm, say, it is whom that you are saying, hey, God, me, I will not suffer in this life. For... Ah, all I said was, hmm. You are saying I should marry Mr. Tunde that does not have car. Hey, all I said was, hmm. You see, I already agree. And this argument is true to what I said earlier. Some people have believed lies about God. They believe that God's will is a suffer, suffer life. I don't want to know God's will. Leave God's will. No, no. Say, my God won't marry. Say, my God marry. <laughs> See, I get godly counsel about this. Your mother, I don't know. I just won't marry. Pastor, just come and bless us. We'll give you money. Bless us. You see people do that in your life. They don't want to follow any, any pastoral counseling in the decision making of courtship. Just on the wedding day, the pastor just come. I said, by the power vested upon me, I pronounce you man and wife. And after three years, he said, Pastor, have a problem. <laughs> we have been waiting for you. What's the problem? We, we expected you to come back to tell us you have a problem. Of course, you will have a problem. Of course. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. 
Kenneth Hagin was he had an impression that God was going to ask him to leave a, a particular church so he was already arguing in his mind God this church they have blessed me see they gave me car they gave me house they, have, they bring dangerous seed I don't know how to live oh. he didn't hear God he was, just assume, he was just assuming that God would say he should leave and then suddenly things became very tight for him very tight for him all the monies that used to receive everything began to dry so he began to pray God what is the matter now I'm serving you I'm a servant of God what is the matter God say okay they are serving me but the scripture says if you are willing and obedient you will eat the good of the land he said I'm obedient now God said no the Bible says if you are willing so you understood oh willing see see she said, okay, I understand. Then he said, God, if you want me to leave, I will leave. Immediately, all the supplies began to come back. So he asked God, what, what is this? God said, I, I didn't want you to go. I just wanted to be sure that if I say you should go, you will obey. I want to be sure that you, that you, you are still that obedient to me. That if I say, oh yeah, this place that you are prospering, I want you to stand up and leave. You say, yes, sir. If you are not willing, you cannot eat the good of the land. Surrender. Surrender. I made up my mind very early in life. You see, you know you have surrendered when, for you, obeying God is more important than succeeding in life. That's when you know you have surrendered. Let me say it again. You know you have surrendered when obeying God is more important than, than blowing, than hammering, than succeeding in life. Where you would rather fail just to obey God than succeed and disobey God. You would rather fail. You would rather fail. That's why you know, at this point, you and God are not arguing. That's when you can receive the most from God. Depend on God. Depend on God. In First Peter 5, 5, it tells us that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Grace is given to those who depend on God and who express their dependence on their humility in prayer. What's that Yoruba adage about na picking way open and nine papa go carry? What's that? What have you said? You shall understand. So when God comes with the goodies, He wants you to show interest, show reliance, show dependence, show surrender. He's not going to budge him. He's expecting you to show dependence, reliance, surrender. Then He offers what He brought. God gives grace to the humble. It is not only the humble that God wants to give grace, but only the humble is open to receive grace. The proud man is shut, is closed. He can't. There is grace available, he cannot receive it because it's not open to receive. Are you following me this morning? And one of the ways you express your humility is prayer. 
There's a relationship between prayer and open doors. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 13 to 14. God speaks, he says, if I shut up the heaven, in other words, if I close the heaven, are we still together? Are we still together? So there's a closure of heaven here. And the effect is that there is no rain. And I command the locusts to devour the land. I send pestilence among my people. Verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and what? So humility is expressed in prayer. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Repentance is also an expression of humility. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. And the effect is what is written. But the cause of the healing of the land is that the heavens will now be opened. So the rain will now fall on the land. It will now be healed. So it is prayer. The humility of prayer that opens the heavens again. If the heaven is closed. It also means that it is the humility of prayer that opens your life. So the supplies of heaven. Arrogant men are close to God. Close. God can be in their midst. They are too arrogant to, to receive. They have no need of God. God must be someone you cannot live without. To receive from God. He must be someone you cannot live without. If you can do without God, you are closed. You are closed. People who receive from God came to a point where they said, it is only God that can help me. So they were able to receive. The more dependent you are on God, the more open you are to God. Are we clear on this? Matthew chapter 7. The relationship between prayer and opening. Ask, it shall be given to you. It's prayer. Seek, you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. So you see that your asking, your prayer, your supplication allows for an opening. But beyond the opening of external doors, prayer also opens your life to the supplies of God. Is that taken, please? One more point here. Alright. Staying open to receive from God, honor the messengers of God. Honor the messengers of God. You know, I was asking you, why didn't God just speak to the dry bones? Why would he tell Ezekiel? I mean, the, 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 the bones could hear God directly. But the pattern is that God sends messengers. Why didn't God talk to Pharaoh directly? No. God sent Moses. Exodus 7, 1. He told Moses, I have made you a God to Pharaoh. And Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. God likes delegating. That's his pattern. He will send messengers. He will send his servants to people. If you want to open your life to God, to receive from God, you must learn how to receive the servants of God. This is something many generation Z do not know. See generation Z, be generation Z. I got to a place. I was introduced as a pastor. A young man, he said, Bless you, sir. He didn't even say, sir. He said, Bless you. <laughs> I looked at him. 
I said, now you need blessing. They are telling me, bless you. <laughs> oh dear Lord. Did you anything? Didn't you anything? Did you anything? Because I wore jeans and t-shirts. <laughs> you feel anything? Mr. Pastor, say, bless you. Ah. <laughs> I began to pity him. I said, oh my shame, this one now, who will help him? How will go take receive now? Are you listening to me? People are not trained. I'm not saying you cannot tell your pastor bless you. But, you see, first reaction suggests your heart posture. There are people I meet, once I meet them and I greet them, I won't say anything. Not because I know Sabi preach, but I am there to receive. I'm not here to give. I am there to receive. So I'm learning wisdom. I'm not taking selfies. I'm learning wisdom. I'm listening. I have met great men, but I hardly, I hardly, I think I've only taken a picture with one. I'm not taking a picture. I'm taking off. I want to learn. Say something, sir. Talk to me. Make a hear word. Let me see, I know how to preach. But when I meet my ogre, I open my ear. You see, I'm going to meet somebody that can, that can, Totally turn around their destiny, they are taking selfie. <laughs> ah. When you come out, what do you have to offer? Come out with selfie. Ah. Some of you, if you meet Jesus now, now, before you go first, think about Jesus, can we, can we, can we? You look over and say, My God, bless me. Put your hand on my head. You will say that. Now, you could just go Snapchat. You could do touch his nose, cut eyes. You don't know. You don't know how to receive a messenger of God. Are you listening to me? And you have not been touched. That's, that's why. You see, many young people you don't have. You see, be wise. The blessings of God is not scarce. Now you don't know how to open. Like, oh no, it's there everywhere. You just don't know how to open. So you must learn how to receive. The messenger of God. Let me show you a few things in scripture here. That will bring this point into proper perspective. Are you still with me? Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 16. Jesus said. Concerning his apostolic. Messengers. He that heareth you. Heareth me. And he that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. It starts with the apostles, but it ends with God. Are you listening to me? Every reception and welcome you show to a man of God begins with the man of God. It extends to the person who sent the man of God, which is Jesus. And it now extends to the person who sent Jesus, which is God. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the one that said it. It's scripture. Scripture. So when Moses came to Israel, he was a stranger. They were not familiar with him, and they didn't like him because they know they knew they knew his past about being Pharaoh's son and all of that. And they were not really willing to hear him. But then the signs that Moses did convinced them, and they said, "Okay, this Moses said God has appeared to him." And when they opened the nation to Moses, they opened the nation to God. That's it. Now, how do you honor 
a messenger of God. Because once again, you must be taught. First things first, when you meet a messenger of God, be more willing to receive than to do any other thing. Any other thing. Let reception be at the back of your mind. And I will soon show you that you can even do what seems to be opposite to reception, yet the intention of that very opposite thing is still towards receiving. 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 I'm still saying it. If some of you have visions of Jesus now, you don't know how to behave to a messenger of God. You don't know, you don't know what to ask. You don't know what to say. So in the accounts of Kings, Second Kings chapter four, I'd like you to see what happens here. Are we still together? Second Kings chapter four and verse eight. It fell when either Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. Everybody say great woman. Uh, greatness your great beauty your great wealth your great connection should not stop you from having sense are you listening to me where was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread she insisted that he eat bread so it was that as often as he passed by he turned in either to eat bread verse 9 keep the reading on Please. And she said unto her husband, perhaps was also a great man. Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passed by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Kehazi, his servants, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Everybody say, A great woman. That, that had not changed up till now. A great woman. She told her great husband, This man is a man of God. Why don't we receive him into our house and cater for him? And the catering was so consistent that the prophet said, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? What hast thou be spoken for to the king? In other words, I have the connection to kings, a captain of the host. And she answered, I dwell amongst my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she had no child and a husband. He's old. And he said, Call her. Everybody say, Call her. The person where they give you food, <laughs> where they give you bed. Say, Call her. You know what say? Somebody was, was talking to me about a particular governor's wife. And in the, the governor's wife, she does many Christian programs. And in the program, she'll say, oh, I want to thank my daddy, my pastor, my. But in the office, that person that she's calling my daddy is a boy boy. Because now they give her money, now they feed them, now they clothe them. Are you listening to me? A great woman. 
point I'm making here is some of you have become too great for you to recognize cost messengers, for you to honor cost messengers. So you may do public show, but in your heart you despise them. This one said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace his son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid, because it sounded too good to be true. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season. Subsequently, the child died, and Elisha raised the child up. How did this woman honor the servant of God? She received him into her home. Is that not so? Okay. Luke chapter 10 and verse 4 to 10. The reception was an expression of what I call honor generosity. Now Jesus sent his apostles into the town, Jerusalem, to preach. He told them, don't carry purse, nor script, nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. Are we still together? And into whatsoever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house it remain, eating and drinking. Everybody say, eating and drinking. Such things as they give. Everybody say they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. Whatsoever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you because they cannot receive you just by saying I receive you. When they prove that they receive you is that they set food before you. Follow closely. Are you still with me? Verse 9. Heal the sick. And they are and they that are there and I said to them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. But into whatever city you enter, and they receive you not. Go your ways out into the truth of the same, and say, verse 11, Even the very dust of your city, which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. So in sending the apostles, Jesus did not have a wretched apostles. Are you listening to me? The apostles had certain things, but he told them not to go with it. Because going with it will not help them to recognize when they are received and when they are rejected. Hello. So he told them, don't carry your purse, don't carry your money. If you carry your purse and your money, you will not be able to recognize when somebody is honoring you. Drop your money, drop your purse. When you go to a place, if they welcome you and they set food before you, stay there. Stay there. Don't be jumping from us. Stay in that place. In that place, heal their sick. Raise their dead. Deliver their lepers. Because they have received you by giving you substance. And so, one of the ways to honor God's messengers is by giving substance. I honor you, sir. I hear, sir. If the honor does not translate to the honor of generosity, you put a question mark on it. Are you listening to me? So when they went to the houses, it's not just, you are welcome, that they will say. To prove that I'm welcome, you said food. And then that food is what I will eat because I don't have any alternative. Not because I am poor, but because the way Jesus said me is that, drop your food, drop your purse, so that when you receive their honor, 
you will also be able to give them my blessings. Are you following me here? Learn this thing. Learn this thing. Let's look at one more scripture here. How you open your life to God is by opening your life to the messengers of God. One of the ways you open your life to the messengers of God is not just by hearing words, but by generosity honors. What does generosity do? Listen to this closely before I quote the next scripture. Generosity honor or honor generosity is a statement of value. Everybody say value. Okay. What it means is this. Your heart right now, your heart, based on how you use money, your heart knows what you value. Those of you who give 15 naira as offering, hello? That's not a crime. It is now awkward when you give 15 naira as offering and use 200 naira towards Chelsea versus Newcastle. Your heart knows what you value. That's why your heart never sleeps when chess is playing. Because you have trained, by how you use your money, you have trained your heart to honor football. You have, by how you use your money, you have trained your heart to despise the church. Your heart knows what you honor. Your heart knows. You may say, I, I honor the PJ, I honor him. Your heart will be laughing. <laughs> because your heart knows that there is no statement of value that corresponds with your statement. So your gifting, when Elisha was, was welcome in our house and the woman said, stay here, don't be going, stay here, sleep here, alright, rest here, eat. What she was saying was, I, I have value for the man. And because she showed value to the man, she was open to receive the miracle working power of the man. Are, are you listening to me? So Jesus told him, when you go, you have, you have money, but drop your money. You will not be able to do much if you go with your money. Why? When there is no faith expression of generosity honor, you will not be able to reciprocate and pour out supernatural blessings. It's, it, will not, it will happen. You will see. Because you will not even value what they gave or what they are giving because you already have. I mean, you have. So he says, go empty. When they give you water, you value it. When they give you food, you value it. Your heart will be stirred to bless them like that. Are you listening to me? So when you see a man laboring over God, it's not because he's an illiterate, cannot get a job. That's the structure of ministry. That a man must operate in a way where the people can bless him because that's their own affirmation of their value for him. And that is also going to facilitate a reciprocal spiritual blessing. Look at this scripture here now. In um, I think you still look chapter or Matthew rather chapter ten, verse forty. He that receiveth you receiveth me. Are we clear on that? So he that receiveth the messenger of God, the servant of God, receives me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. We read that earlier. Look at the next statement. He that receive a prophet. So there's a way to receive a prophet. In the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. A prophet's reward is not obtained because the prophet wants to give it. Hey, listen to me. 
That's not, that's not how it is gotten. If it is not received, you cannot receive the reward. That is, if you don't receive the prophet, you cannot receive his reward. He that received a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So how do we receive? Verse 42. And whosoever shall give to these little ones a cup of cold water. So, your giving, your generosity giving is a proof of your reception. Are you following me? They couldn't have bought Elisha and said, Elisha, we welcome you, but we are not giving you any food, you are not giving you any bed, but we, you are welcome. It's not welcome. A sign, if you come to my house, a sign that you are welcome is that if you say, PJ, I want to drink something. In fact, before you say it, I will most likely offer you. That's me saying, I know they offer one, Ani. Okay. I, I, I want to confirm something because fasting is not finished. So I want to confirm something. Fasting finished. The people that answered, I will note them. The people that did not answer, I will note them. And I will say, okay. So if you come to my house, a sign that I have welcomed you is that I will offer you something. Relax. Relax. Check yourself. That is me opening up my life, my house to you. When you meet a prophet or a servant of God, one of the things that must be on your mind, like I said, is reception. However, one expression or one way to be open to reception is you consistently show generosity on. That is a statement of worth. I value this person's ministry. This person has worth. This person is not cheap. I have noticed in my few years in ministry, those who have been generous to me in their own little way, sometimes in acts of service, have received more from my ministry. And I've concluded that it's not rocket science. It is that in their generosity, they were opening themselves. And there are people that I want to help. I want to bless them. But they are closed. How are they closed? There is no statement of worth. There is no statement of value. Are you following me? Your giving generosity is not to buy the gift of God. The woman gave bread and whatever she gave Elisha. What was her reward? A child. I mean, bread and water. Can he buy you, child? Can bread and water raise the dead? So, you know, it's not like you are buying it. But you are, you see... When you do that, you are making a statement of this person is valuable. You are training your heart to honor him. When he speaks, when he speaks, you must... You see, I, I find it one of the most um, amazing contradictions I find is that people who are generous to ministers of the gospel are the ones that seem to pay more attention to their prayers and, de- and declarations. They don't want to the loudest amen. But you know why? Because they have trained their hearts by their giving to value and to honor the man. So when the man is speaking about them, they are not just hearing words. They are receiving blessings. It is the people that are stingy and greedy. I don't give anything. Amen. Amen. Oh dear! It's not a... It's not a contradiction. It is because their hearts have been trained by how they relate to despise the man. Are you following me? 
Oh, okay, you don't like me again. That was my intention. Purpose has been achieved. <laughs> I was praying with our church some three days ago, and I told them, "You see, preaching like this is one of the hardest things to do." Lest you think I am hungry, but some of you too will know that. At least you will know. You will know that. You know, it's not like it's not like this person is is hungry. Aside the fasting, aside the fasting, it's not like I'm hungry. It's for your good. It's for your good. It's for your good. If you spend your valuables on ephemeral things, you don't learn the culture of honor, generosity on people who are leaders over you. You are training your heart to despise those people. And your mouth may say, I celebrate grace. I celebrate Koda. I celebrate grace. In your heart, there is a repulsive effect. The rich way you celebrate, that's where you spend your money on. Your heart knows it. Your heart knows it. And every time that thing is alive, you will notice that you too, you are paying attention. You notice that you are showing interest. Because you have trained your heart by how you use your money. If I use, you know, if I use under K, repair gen, hello, I use a repair gen. If the gen, they sound somehow, let me go first here. Let me they repair the gen now. Because it's in there, it's in there, it's in there, panic. No, but you go bring the hundred cave is spoil again now. I don't worry. I turn my heart to value the gem because of my substance going that direction. Where your treasure is, your heart will be there. Where your heart is, your treasure will be there. That's it. That's it. You can't value my ministry if you are not thinking about it. No matter, no matter how little, being a blessing to me. You can't. You, can't, you, 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 you will not understand why every time I talk, it doesn't seem to make meaning to you. You understand. I'm telling you the secret now. You understand? You may say I don't have much now, but I'm saying if there's no intention, what lady left here? And she, she, she called me and said, she, she, she has not spoken to me before. I don't even know her. You know, when she sent me a picture, I said, I don't know you. But she said, I used to be here for about six months. And you blessed me. I got a job. And she sent a dangerous seed. When she was here, she didn't send me anything. She didn't have anything. But she had it in mind that this man has blessed me. If I have money, hi, I will remember him. So even though at the point she was here, she had not given me anything, she was open to my ministry. All the blessings I was pointing to her, she was, open, she was receiving. Because she had a plan. Are you following me? If you keep thinking, you see, that's why, in a sense, money is a spirit. Money trains your heart. How you use your money trains your heart. Trains your heart on value. One lady used to be here. She's no longer here. She's not, she's not a church member here. But every time she sees me, she must give me something. If it's coolie coolie. Many times it's coolie coolie. But you know I discovered that that lady, if I am preaching, it's as if there's fire on her head. She's so alert and so active. And if I'm moving in the anointing, if I, if I touch her, if I touch if I come close to her like this, what's it love? No, I, she's not going to be church. She's not going to be church. I can't, I can't say I'm a pastor. But she knows she has learned how to honor the servant of God. How much is How much is good? Do you understand me? If you understand me, you'll be quarreling with me, and that's what I want to achieve. Then after the quarrel, you go back and adjust. Ah, okay. I'm not talking about myself. Anywhere you record, 
There are people I listen to. And as I'm listening to them, as long as they bless me, I tell myself, God, once I have the chance to be a blessing to this man, this man, every time he teaches, I don't listen to too many sermons, too many pastors. But if somebody can bless me, if someone can bless me, I tell myself I will bless the person back. Ah, oh, no, 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 no. I'll train my heart to honor this person. This person teaches soundly. The person may not know me. I will get to the account number somehow. I say, you have blessed me, I'll bless you. When next person is talking, my heart is strained. This is value. You have put your money there. This is value. This is treasure. This is treasure. I cannot, the person cannot be talking and it will, be not, it will not be interesting to me. Because I put treasure there. I put treasure there. Do you get me this afternoon? It's still morning. Stand to your feet. It's how to open your life to the generosity of God. It's been a long day. But I believe you are more open now. You are more open. You are more open. You are more open. Raise your hands, everybody. Raise your hands. Pray in the Holy Ghost as you do that in two minutes. In two minutes. Keep your hands up. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Lengra kakakakatayo frostenken kanta labadasha. Lembrosti kekekekekovada radabastekekekekovranda namastes. I'm open to the supplies of the spirits. I know better. I know better. I know better. I know better now. I know better. Lengre kekekekekovati kekekatakata yabaladash. Rikendes to brass. The blessings are coming. Stay open. Stay open. Stay open. Stay open. Stay open. Stay open. I'm open to receive. It's already happening. It's already happening. It's already happening. You are taking something. You are taking something. You are taking something. Every breath you inhale is a delivery of a gift. It's a delivery of a portion. The blessings are coming. The blessings are coming. We trust that you've been blessed by this teaching. We look forward to receiving your testimonies, prayer requests, and feedback. You can send us a mail at judamaye at yahoo.com. That is J-U-D-A-H-M-A-Y-E at yahoo.com. Till next time, remain in the consciousness of God's word and power. Thank you.